from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio at the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth, Georgia. Welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women, proudly presented by NEMA and Sourced. And hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Celebrating Powerhouse Women here on Business Radio X. I am your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo, and as you know, this is the series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact in our community. Today, I am joined by my good friend and community leader, Jan Rooney. For those of you that don't know Jan Rooney, she is the owner of a state farm agency here in Forsyth County, Georgia. In addition to being a business owner, she is a mother, she is a wife, and she is a community champion. First of all, I would like to welcome you to the show, Jan. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Amanda. I appreciate it. Of course. Jan doesn't usually rock that scratchy voice, <laughs> but all this yellow stuff in the air has gotten in our nose. It's just causing all kinds of little sniffles and, and all that. So thank goodness for over-the-counter. Um, allergy meds and hopefully you'll be feeling well soon. I hope so. So sounds worse than it is. <laughs> Jan, share with our listeners a little bit about what you do with State Farm, kind of how you got into the business and um, your enthusiasm behind forming your agency. Thanks, Amanda. I sure will. Um, so I started my agency nine years ago. This is actually our anniversary month. So we opened April 1st in 2014. Um, but I have this year a 25-year career in insurance working for State Farm. Wow. So Yeah, and um, so I really got into the insurance business because of my husband. Um, he worked for State Farm. We moved a few times. State Farm at the time had what they called a spousal assistance program. We had some kids moved, and he's like, oh, maybe you should work. I'm like, oh, maybe not. Okay, I'll look. So I went to State Farm, thought I'd work maybe three years, and here I am still with them 25 years later. Wow. I'm sure that during that time you had the chance to experience, you know, an evolution per se. What was the 25 years like? Because from where you started to where you're at now, there's a tremendous amount of growth. And obviously you fell in love with what you're doing because you've been doing it for 25 years. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I mean, humbly, I will say yes. Um, but I think for me, um, as I just got to know State Farm and the company, it just was a great company for me. It's provided well for my husband and myself and our five children. Um, why I have I grown? Sure, because I started a career in insurance thinking, oh, I'll do it for three years, we'll move again, and then, you know, I'll stay home again. So I really learned, I think, over those five years that, you know, if you're a woman and you want to have a career and you want to have a family, that you can really, you know, educate yourself. I mean, it takes hard work. It takes organization. It takes focus. And you got to know, you know, where your commitments should be um, to where nothing suffers, you know, at it. And um, I, I just feel like I was really blessed with that. I, I don't know how to explain it because I enjoy being a mother. I enjoy helping the community and I very much enjoy my job. You touched on some things that I myself now as a 
30-something-year-old mm, <laughs> woman and newlywed, could not quite wrap my mind around before this past year. And I'd like just kind of a peek into maybe your insight. You mentioned a few things, some sizzle words like focus and organization. How were you able to maintain any sort of organization, you know, in doing the things that you mentioned, raising a family, starting a business, continuing your education, being a wife, and all of those things? And then beyond that, how to continue to remain focused in all of those silos? Um, well, I won't say I was perfect at all of them all of the time, but I was good enough at most of them most of the time. So um, I think, and, and why I say it that way is you have to remember you're not going to be perfect in anything that you do. And so you just have to remember to give yourself grace, you know, as you're growing, you know, as a person. Um, I remember a criticism I got from my daughter. She was watching, um, she played volleyball and I'm in the stands and I had just opened the agency and I got my, um, you know, well, we used blackberries at the time and I had my blackberry out and I was going through my blackberry to review my email and to make sure if any new customers were coming in, any quotes were coming in, I was going to be, you know, be available for those. And she's like, mom, you're looking at my, um, you know, you weren't watching my game. You were watching my, um, you were watching your email. And I was like, I'm there. I like made it to your game on time. I'm there and I'm trying to build this business, you know. So I had to give myself a break that, you know what, I was present in the moment. You know, yes, did I look at my email and that was okay. And, and but, you know, most, maybe most stay-at-home mothers at the time, you know, they get to, not have to do that. They can compartmentalize that a little better. But, um, you know, just finding a way to give myself grace for that. Um, I, I think as I was younger, um, you know, I went back to school to get my master's. Um, there were all-nighters I pulled doing that. Um, I utilized some vacation days to take off Fridays to make sure I could get all my homework done. I'd be up all night Thursday. Friday, Friday night, I'd go to class. I'd go to class all day Saturday. And then Sunday, you know, I'd get the laundry done and, um, you know, kind of get ready for the week. So, you know, I remember being a little tired. Of course. For sure. But um, those were goals that I had and, and I wanted them, you know. And, and if I didn't want them, it was fine too. But I wanted them. And so it was kind of up to me to sacrifice. I do like to think that my kids didn't suffer too much with my ambition that I had, um, you know, but there was definitely a balance. Like I didn't get to go to every soccer game. I didn't get to go to every volleyball game. Um, but you know, I went to most and, and so that's kind of why I live my life in the most, mm -hmm. right? Like if I make an effort and I get the most, cause I don't think you can just be a one trick pony either. And I loved being a mom, you know, my kids are grown now, but I, I loved it. And, and it wasn't, and it wasn't that I felt like that could be the only person I was and love it. I could do that. And I could love my career too. And I could love my husband. Mm. You know, it was really a combination of just, you know, knowing, you know, who I wanted to be. For my own benefit, because I'm curious, uh, you mentioned the word compartmentalize, and that's really easy for me to do, to compartmentalize things. And sometimes one compartment might suffer because I am compartmentalizing too much in the other, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. How were you able to genuinely show up and be your most effective self in each one of those instances, knowing that you had so little of yourself to spread. Does that make sense? You're spread very thin, mm -hmm. but you mentioned being genuine and being gracious. How are you able to give all of yourself 
to that occasion in that occasion? Yeah. So, I mean, that was good advice that I think my dad gave me. He was just like, you got to learn to compartmentalize. And um, because if something was going on with the kids and I had to go to work, you know, I mean, I couldn't worry about whatever was going on with the kids at work. I had to sit and get my job done. Mm -hmm. And it was very important at work that I was very efficient with my time so that I could get out of work on time because I had to go pick somebody up usually. Right. And um, so just I would say being present in that moment um, from that to help with that compartmentalizing. Um, Now, I think organization has a lot to do with that as well. You know, you hear a lot of successful people live and breathe by their calendar. Mm -hmm. And I really think they do that because that is the way they compartmentalize. Mm. Um, You know, like this, from this time to this time, I'm at the gym. It's Mm -hmm. my time. I'm going to focus on my exercising. I'm going to do this. Then from this time to this time, I am in email mode and I'm going to respond quickly and get done. From this time to this time, I'm going to go see my girlfriends and have coffee. From this time to this time, I'm in business mode and I'm checking in with my team. So I think it's a matter of um, just, you know, if you're if you're a live and breathe by your calendar, then in each of those moments you scheduled, be present in those moments. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if if, if my mother in law, um, she always kept telling me, stop worrying so much. You know, if you can't do anything about it, don't worry about it. You know, we're, I'm a woman of faith and so was she. So for us, it was just turn that over to God. You know, God will take the worry. And there's been Betty and nights. I am like, God, you've got this right. (laughs) You know, and so, you know what? And he always has for me. So. Absolutely. Well, take us back just a little bit. um, And I'd like to kind of rewind or let's hop in the DeLorean if if we can. (laughs) And take us back to uh, where you grew up. You mentioned your parents. um, And obviously, that put a smile on your face. So share with us a little bit about your childhood and and how you got to where you're at today. Mm. So I am one of six children. I am number four, which means, yes, I'm a, we call, I'm a middle. Middle. Right? So there's two oldest, two middles, two youngest. So I get to be a middle, which means, yes, I got left at the soccer field. I got, um, you know, forgotten about at church. And um, sometimes they forgot to set my place at the dinner table. That's what the middle person gets. Okay. Um, because there were so many of us, I had to... Um, I just share my bedroom, so I was always sharing with something. I shared with my older sister, which, you know, if you could be the older, you probably have the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't have the upper hand. And I remember one day she told me I only had a bed. <laughs> that was all I owned in my room. No more square footage. Yeah, exactly. She was in, but I was a big slob too, so she had every right to tell me that. She's like, you could only put stuff on your bed because, like, there was, like, you couldn't even see the clothes on the floor, so it was terrible. I'm not that way anymore, but I used to be. So I would say we had a happy household. It was a busy household. I think my parents did the best job they could. My parents were blue-collar workers, and, you know, we didn't have, like, a ton of money, but we certainly weren't poor either, but we weren't wealthy either. Um, And so my parents had to work hard for their living. Um, Faith was important to my parents as well, um, so they gave us a good foundation there. Um, spent a lot of time, a lot of family with them. We moved from Florida. We moved from, we kind of moved around and they finally settled in Florida. All of my siblings and I, we were all born in different states. And, um, so when we settled in Florida, that's kind of where we went to school, graduated high school, um, went to college. All my siblings and I went to college in Florida. Well, except my brother. I had one brother that went to West Point. And, um, I feel like they, they were very strict, my parents, and very structured, and I feel that's something we lack maybe in parenting today. 
Um, I know I certainly felt it while I was raising my children that people were felt like my guidelines were too harsh. Um, you know, and by harsh, I mean, okay, you need to get your homework done before you can go yeah. out over the weekend. It's important to make your bed in the morning, uh-huh. you know, and I know people don't care about that stuff anymore, but I feel like it, it makes discipline. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like for me, teaching my kids to do the things they don't want to do when they don't want to do them, it's a path for success. Absolutely. And for me, that starts with making the bed. Cause you know, if we're all being real, none of us really want to make our bed. We like our bed made. Mm-hmm. We just don't want to be the ones to have to make it. Mm-hmm. But if you can just start your day doing that and um, and finding that, and I guess I'm just trying to say that's that's kind of how I was raised with those type of thoughts, right? Just being responsible and, and thinking of a bigger person than just yourself. And um, that's kind of the environment I would say I grew up in. Well, it's definitely reflective of the wonderful human being that you are today. Very kind. And I can, I'll make sure I tell my daughter, you got to listen to this because I am a wonderful, podcast. kind human being. Yes. So, I was, think I'm wonderful now. We're through the teenagers, so I get to be cool again. So. She's wonderful. <laughs> I will say similarly, um, I think I grew up in that same style household, and it is a, a dying breed. I call it a, a conservative traditional household. I, too, had those same rules, make your bed, when I was of age, of course, you know, before age, you know, 10, of mm-hmm. course, my mom was doing it. But for that exact same reason, to teach discipline and to teach a little bit of responsibility. Now, I too, if I wanted to go to the movies, my dad said, heck yeah, absolutely, kid. What do you need? 25 bucks? I said, yeah. He says, all right, 10 uh, wheelbarrows full of mulch. Who <laughs> would assign you a task, uh, almost always related to yard work because that's where he lived in the yard. And you would have to earn it. But I'll tell you what, man alive, was that movie awesome because the sweat off my brow earned those $25 to go enjoy that popcorn and see that flick. So I tip my hat to your parents, and I know that you too have impeded that upon your children. And now I'm sure your grandbabies too will have that, that same fortitude. Yes, we are very fortunate. This year we became grandparents, and so we have little Gianna now and um she's just she makes all those teenage years worth it oh goodness <laughs> so. well don't don't tell her parents what it's really going to be like at, mm-hmm. at age 13 yeah <laughs> well I know I won't I mean it's good to get through it but and I make it sound like my children are terrible they were not I don't know what I would have done if I had like kids with like terrible problems like mm-hmm. mine were just you didn't make your bed you didn't do your homework you know I we we're very fortunate mm-hmm. on that world for us but um I I just I'm very proud of all of them. They've all turned out well. They're all independent. You know, we don't have anyone on the payroll. They're all starting to get married now. And they're mm-hmm. finding their significant others, and you can just really see that next generation just kind of moving forward, and it makes us proud. Absolutely. Jan, you do so many things for our great community. And for those of you just joining us, um, this is Celebrating Powerhouse Women. I'm your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo, and in studio with Jan Rooney. Uh, I have the great and unique pleasure of knowing you on multiple levels. So I'd like to speak about one that, that you are more um, knowledgeable at than I, and that is we both serve on the board of Family Promise for Scythe. And you actually tapped me on the shoulder and gave me the kind invitation to help support this cause. And you are very enthusiastic as our board chair. So share with us, A, how did you even have the time to carve out to be a part of this organization in such an instrumental fashion? And then B, why it's important to you to remain involved within the community? So um, 
I guess how I had the time. I mean, my kids are all grown now. <laughs> they are grown and they don't live in my basement. So, um, you know, so that's helpful. Um, you know, and then I had five of them. So, you know, I was really busy. Now I'm not as busy. So, and I'm used to being busy. So that helps. Maybe I should exercise a little more. <laughs> that might help. But, um, but so with that, I met Tina. She and I went to the same church and um, she's our executive director, Tina Huck. Mm-hmm. And she was just so passionate and so amazing um, for the path of what Family Promise does is help people, um, help families move from homelessness to homes. And what I really like about it is, is if you have a young mom and she has like a teenage boy, if she has to go in into any type of shelter, her boy cannot go in the same shelter with her. Mm-hmm. He has to go into a different place for boys so the girls get to stay with their moms but the boys end up by themselves and um so because of that at family promise if if the mom and the boy are involved they get to stay together and I don't know about you but I really feel like my my 13 14 15 year old boys they needed me they may not have wanted me at some days but for most days you know they needed to know that I was going to be there for them no matter what and even though these moms have something in them that they're not able to provide for their family holistically on their own. Those are skills that our, our nonprofit helps develop. Right. And they're able to show their kids stability that they're not abandoning them. And, and for me, that was really important. And, and Tina has so much passion about it. I mean, she's just an amazing person to work with. All the energy you get from her when you just hear about the well, you know, you've been yes. experiencing it. So, um, so I really, I really feel a passion for it. I don't know, and, and I guess I always taught my kids that you know, you, you need to do your schoolwork. And yes, we all want to spend time with our friends, but if you look, there's got to be a third piece too, and that's really about your community. And so it's like a three-legged stool. And if you don't have one, you really don't have a life, in my opinion, that's kind of balanced. Um, And so I like, and it's kind of how I taught my kids when they were in school, they would have schoolwork. So for me, that'd be a job, Mm -hmm. right? Then they'd have their friends and family, and that's another piece. And then it was like, well, how are you contributing? And that would be volunteering somewhere to the point where one summer when my kids didn't have a job, they had to go and um, volunteered all our neighbor's house. And um, they pulled weeds. Like my one girlfriend had 10 acres. And she's like, well, we have weeds around the fence. And I'm like, great. They can, they can go pull them. They'll be right over. Because they had turned 16 and they yeah. needed to work. I just felt like, you know, you're not going to be home all summer. Mm-hmm. You can go earn a living or you can right. go volunteer somewhere. And then they were like, well, there's no place to volunteer. And we, we don't have one. a job. And I said, well, I'll help you find a place to volunteer. So all of our friends, they loved it. It was a great summer for them. But they all felt bad. They were like, can we pay your kids, please? <laughs> we were like, no, that will ruin the lesson. Uh-huh. And so, um, and they, my kids still remember that today. And now my youngest, who was the youngest, who, um, who was, how old was she? She was 14, 13 at the time. She went and pulled weeds one day. And then she called me. She goes, Mom. I called the church and vacation Bible school last for six weeks. They said I could volunteer. And she went the next day and volunteered there. And, she, and she, it was air conditioning. Uh-huh. She wasn't outside. Oh, yeah. We were in Florida, so it was hot. And never, I just cracked up at that because the other two are still pulling weeds. And then they both found jobs at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And they worked their summer and then it was balanced and life was good. But Your daughter said, hey, look, I got I to gotta put in the time. I'm going to make it a little bit more comfortable for yeah, myself. She did. Good and, for her. And, and I think it helped with their work ethic a little bit, and it just helped them know to be more than just some 
kind of person that only looks at themselves and what they want. And that, I, I think that's a challenge, you know, right now is, you know, if anything you listen to, it's all about me, me, me. And so, and that's probably where my passion for giving, like to organizations like Family Promise come from. I don't want it to all be all about me because I don't think it should be. No, you're a very selfless person. Uh, in fact, when you and I attend um, networking events together, one mm-hmm. of the ones that I enjoy seeing you at is the um, Power Networking Luncheon that the Chamber of Commerce hosts. And the first thing that you say is, you say, hi, I'm Jane Renew State Farm, but then you talk about family promise. You don't take your 30 seconds to shove uh, State Farm down people's throat. In fact, there's probably six <laughs> other uh, varieties of agents sitting in the room. But you take the time that is given to you to share more about the organization and then you even go as far as to hey connect with me afterwards if you'd like to learn how to help so I tip my hat for your involvement and your passion behind the service oh I appreciate that thank you of course well speaking of other networking uh, groups that we find value in I think one of the first places I met you was actually at Rotary and I cannot claim that I am a honorary member but I know enough people that I I can kind of piggyback on that I go there (laughs) semi-frequently and I very much enjoy it and as you know, the motto is service above self. And you are a living and breathing example of that. For people who are um, business owners or for people who are just looking to become involved, share with them a little bit how they could possibly do so through Rotary or just the importance of our motto, service above self. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so, you know, I just think, just search on the web. That's how I found the Rotary Club I'm in. Um, Tom Burgess was the president at the time, so he got to take credit for me. I didn't know <laughs> there was like a whole credit thing. I might have been a little more strategic. Hey, I'm thinking about joining Rotary. I'd probably be like, you get to go to a few for free instead I'm like I'm in I want to do it you know um so he helped me kind of get a little bit more connected but it's it's just a great I like rotary because it really connects you to like so many people and they're all so nice and everybody are kind of like-minded they want to give back to the community um and then if you're looking for a place to kind of land like to serve in a nonprofit, rotary can help you find those different connections to kind of serve on boards or, you know, volunteer at different places. And then it's just, well, our Rotary Club, I love it because they're all just so friendly, like it's very social too. Mm -hmm. And then that helps you get connected and things. Mm -hmm. So it's a spider effect. Yeah. One of the things that we do, and I say we speaking for um, Rotary, your your Rotary Club, is the uh, Kentucky Derby annually, which is a 100% non-not-for-profit event outside of the cost of the event itself. And they choose, and help me fill in the blanks here, it's around a dozen nonprofits in the community mm-hmm. that receive an equal share of the um, proceeds mm-hmm. from this event, which is humongous event if you guys are interested in learning more um somebody from rotary can help you find out how to become involved yeah, we have a website what is it it's put um, it out gosh. um well if you type down in derby yes. for site that'll come up mm-hmm. carter's gonna kill us yep. sorry and carter i know and we're selling tickets so yeah buy them so and we at, at um, Family Promise are recipients of a portion of those proceeds. So it's just so exciting that the Rotary and the community comes together for this big hee haw event. Everyone gets dressed up with their hats and their pearls and all the flowers, etc. Mm-hmm. But that is all for the betterment of the community as as a whole. All of our money goes back yes. into Forsyth County, which you know, and it's I mean it's between eighty and hundred thousand every year. So it's it's, it's amazing. It's just amazing how the community just comes together. And and it's amazing how when you are Rotary Club, because it's not quite of 100 people, but when you watch all those people work together, how much work gets done. Done, yeah. So 
It's, it's just been a great group. I'm, I've been happy to be a part of it. Well, I'll just share with you something I learned from Ted Richardson, whom I'm mm-hmm. sure you know. Um, there's actually a Rotary app. So literally on any phone, just download like the Rotaract app, and you can type in any zip code, city, state. So if you're traveling to Florida and you want to find a club, you can go and, and you can experience one. So those of you out there who are curious about what might be available in your area, I highly encourage you to just download the Rotary app and type in your zip code or wherever you're going to be. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, and, and it's a great way to connect. Like, I pull I pull that up to find people's phone numbers, and then they list what they do for a living. So if you're looking for, like, the bug guy, you can look for a Rotarian. If, mm-hmm. you, if like, those Ajiro spiders were terrible yep. last year. So you can look online and in there for that, and you kind of have, like, a way to have someone that you know. Yes, and you it's know. that common mm-hmm. tie. You mentioned Tom. Tom is my mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first clients I acquired I got from Rotary, and that is my um, auto policy holder currently. Mm-hmm. And I gave the business because of Rotary. So, again, wonderful way to become involved. Um, Jan, I think we could both sing the praises of Rotary yeah. <laughs> until the cows come right. home. But um, when we come back from our break, we're going to learn a little bit about uh, overcoming obstacles. But now, a word from our sponsors. We know running a business is hard. There are so many things that need to get done and you don't have the time, the resources, the experience, or you just don't want to do it yourself. At Sourced, we have your back. Office. We support leaders of companies with all their back office challenges that weigh them down. Whether it's accounting, talent acquisition, administrative support, marketing, or human resources, our team of experts at Sourced will make your life easy and your back office effortless. To see how we can help you, check us out at GetSource.com. NEMA is a full-service logistics company that provides trucking, warehousing, and expedited deliveries for the paper machine clothing industry. They offer a full line of services, including delivery within the 48 contiguous states, Canada and Mexico, plus importing and exporting, air freight forwarding services, foreign trade zone warehousing, and many more services to handle your global logistics needs. NEMA is a proud sponsor of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women podcast series. All right, and welcome back, folks. I am your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo, and this is Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Again, I'm joined in studio by Jan Rooney. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about community service and involvement within strategic networking groups. But now, Jan, I kind of want to take a little a little turn, and I want to go down Love Boat Lane. <laughs> I have the pleasure of knowing your husband as well through um, things that we've done with Family Promise and just the chamber. And his name is Jay Shadow. Shout out to Jay. We have Jay and Jan. I love that. The Jay and Jan. Tell me your meet cute. How did you and Jay meet? How did that love sprout? I admire you guys because you're a power couple. He celebrates you. You celebrate him. He's there rolling up his sleeves, ready to take headshots whenever you need him to come participate. (laughs) You two would be willing to do the same for him. So share a little bit about your love story, how, how it came to be and about your successful partnership through marriage over the years. Sure. Um, So it's funny for us. So I met Jay I was 17 at church and, um, I was 17 and he was, he's my husband. He's 10 years older than me. So he's 26, I guess at the time. And all I did was meet this guy and I met him because this guy that I worked with at Walmart knew him and he's like, Hey, I want to introduce you to Jan. And he was, and they were like, is she your girlfriend? I'm like, I am not his girlfriend. Like, I'm I like, just what is this? Like, I don't know him. And I don't mean for my husband. I mean, this guy that introduced me. To oh him. yeah. So it was so funny. 
And I was like, I'm thinking, I don't want to date him, but I would go out with you. You know, I didn't say that to him, but that's what I was thinking. Well, we went on our ways. Like, I never really saw him or anything. Well, then, but I remember thinking, and I would date people that kind of looked like him. So I think I had a type for sure. And then um, I was 19, turning 20, and I met him again. And um, I was going to college at a community college that we call Polk Community College. It's called Polk State College now. And um, I was on our Student Activities Association board. And again, volunteering, you know, for the school, like in their student government program. And I remember opening the door. I was going, I was in, I was going to this meeting. I was supposed to go to work. And the way the meeting ran, it was going to conflict. So I went went in this in our boardroom, and I said, hey, I'm not going to be able to make the meeting today. i got to get to work. And they're like, okay, no problem. And then I opened this door, and there's there he is, like literally, like we almost ran into each other. And then I was like, maybe I don't have to go to work. <laughs> so I did not go to work. And um, so we were sitting in there, and then he was our United Way loaned executive at the time. Or, and so his job was to come and do this presentation for us, and then we as the students were going to raise money for United Way. And so um, through that process, he would come. Um, oh, well, I guess I got to say this one part because I, I think this is funny. So we were on the agenda, and he's like number eight on the agenda or something like that. And so I, like, raised my hand, and I'm like, oh, excuse me, should we let Mr. Rooney go first? Because I'm thinking, I've got to leave. I've got to get to work. And so okay, should we let him go first? And um, so – he doesn't have to listen to all our boring stuff. And so they were like, oh, yeah, let's go first. My husband's like, oh, I loved how you stuck up for me and let me go first. <laughs> and um, and so then he st- we started doing all these events, um, like, for our school. Well, he came to all of them. And, and then I remember meeting someone else with United Way, and I was like, well, yeah, like, the loan executives, they come, and they're like, no. They, they don't, don't. They don't normally come to things. And I'm like, oh, he's been to our car wash. He's been to our our talent contest. He's been, you know, to all these things. And, um, you know, and then we just became friends. But we didn't date for, like, it was a year later, actually, before we started dating. And um, and then as we dated, you know, like anybody else, then we ended up, you know, getting married. And then we ended up having our family. Mm-hmm. And here we are 30 years later, mm-hmm. you know, still married and very happy. Jay, we know you're listening. Jay, were you there to see Jan at the pep rally? Were you there to see Jan at the car wash? I think that you were. Maybe. Your persistence paid off, my friend, because you made her Mrs. Rooney. Yeah, I'm very happy for that. That's exciting. So. Share a little bit about the dynamic because I've had this conversation with you personally before, but I think it's very interesting. You guys both work for the same company, company excuse me, but unaffiliated. So he's with State Farm and a whole other place in space than yours. But again, you guys are proponents for each other. What is it like working in similar worlds, also being so strong uh, within, you know, the arms of what you do and being able to live together in harmony and also cover all the bases that you have as a collective family? Well, I mean, I think, I think we're both very supportive of each other, but I think, um, He's probably way more supportive of me, actually. And um, he's just always been there for me. Anything I want to do, he's, like, there to get it done, you know. I mean, not, not, I don't mean it, like, it's not always in perfect harmony. It's, like, sometimes we'll talk about it, he'll say no, but then three weeks later it's done. I'm like, oh, we could have <laughs> saved all that discussion <laughs> if we could just get there, you know, or, or vice versa, right? So it certainly isn't perfect, and I, I don't want to paint that picture, but... Um, I think we both have the, um, 
desire to be very good at what we do. Um, and then I think we both have the commitment to each other to let each other become our best selves. Um, and I think that's probably how for all these years, raising our kids and growing our careers and having our friends, I think that's just how we've been able to do it together. We're a little opposite too. Like, I don't think my husband would be in here doing a podcast. <laughs> um, but our opposites have really balanced us out in, in it. it it's just, a, I mean, we're both a little sappy about it because this year was our 30th year anniversary and we're just both like, wow. And we're real proud yeah. of it because most people don't make it that far. But it certainly wasn't easy easy for us to get there. And now we get to experience this mature love that they say you experience that no one knows until you get there. And then we're like, oh, this is way better than being in love. Mm. I mean, and we're in love. But right. Like, but like in the beginning. In the beginning. Yeah. All yeah. the butterflies and stuff. Yeah. Well, I love seeing you guys together. Very complimentary of each other. Yes. And it's, it's definitely it's parent. Yes. You <laughs> you're a handsome pair, I will say. So, I think he's so handsome. <laughs> um, stay tuned. We will have a, a photo of Mr. Rooney on the website so that you all can, <laughs> you can, you can also take the gander. But he is married. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I want to ask you a question about leadership, specifically women in leadership. Jan, mm -hmm. um, you are a leader in so many ways, not only just in the community, but we were talking about your family as well. And I'd be remiss if I did not mention that you are the second elect chair for the Forsyth County Chamber of Commerce. So in 2025, you're mm -hmm. going to be the board chair, which I am so excited. But there, and congratulations, um, well, well appointed. Share with us like the significance of that, though, because there's something yeah so I mean I got the call I was shocked actually that I got the call but we haven't had a woman board chair since 2014 and um ironically when you started your business yeah funny <laughs> and it was not me uh -uh. I didn't have time I was just getting involved and um and so I just I, it just meant a lot to me that you know they they filled this gap I don't know the whole process of how it came about that I was the one they selected, but I felt very honored. And, and it was funny because when James McCoy, he's the president and CEO of the Forsyth Chamber, called me, he's like, you know, I know this is going to sound really crazy and really far out, <laughs> but would you be, and then he asked me to be the um, chamber chair for 2025. He's like, I can't believe those words just came out mm -hmm. of my mouth that we're going to be in 2025 by the time you're board chair. And his succession planning is like so amazing. Like he, he's a great leader. I, it's, it's uncanny to watch him mm -hmm. and, and just, he, he has so many moving parts he puts together and in, in our community is so much better for him. It, it's just been great. And he, um, and so he asked me and, and we just couldn't believe it was that far off. And, and it, and I was just so happy that, you know, we had a woman cause I feel like, Over as, a decade. Yeah, yeah, I just feel like as women, you know, it's important for us to see other women, you know, do those things. Mm -hmm. And, um, and not that the men have been bad. I mean, they've all been great. They're friends of mine and mm -hmm. things and, you know, all that's been good, but, um, you know, it's just nice that. You know, we're not just a boys club either here in mm -hmm. Forsyth County. You know, that we are a little more progressive. Absolutely. Well, I look forward to your reign. And oh. that does sound crazy saying out of our minds, 2025. But for those of you listening in real time, this is 2023. Someone could be or yeah. will be listening in 2025 yeah. when you're already in that seat. <laughs> um, kind of circling back around to leadership, Jan, that's what I wanted to ask you. Because you've had so much experience in a variety of different slices of life. What stands out to you about leadership? Like, what are some qualities of a good leader 
that you've seen within people like that you've just mentioned or that mm-hmm. you yourself exude that others might observe? So for me, I, I think the leaders that I really respect are very open leaders. Um, you know, you can tell they work hard. Um, they'll take the time to talk to you. Um, they take the time to remember your name. Um, they're well-read. Most of most of the leaders I know are well-read. Um, they take the time to read the leadership books that are out there to kind of know the latest trends, but to still draw back into time and to things that, you know, tried and true things. You know, mm-hmm. if you're new in leadership and, and, you, and you haven't read, you know, how to win friends and influence others. I mean, that's a good oldie, but a goodie, right? So, so things like that, um, I, I look for in leaders and, and I guess I, I like to see how they give their time, you know, do they work, work, work all the time or are they only family all the time? Like, cause that hasn't been me. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, or are they someone who seems to, you know, be able to do all of it? Right. And I think that's a sign of a good leader because you don't want your kids to sacrifice for your business, but you can't have your business or your or your team because it's really a team behind Mm -hmm. the business. Right. Sacrifice because you don't have time for that because you're too busy with your family. Right. Because if you're not leading them well, then they're taking time away from their family. So there's no real balance there. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, that's kind of a couple of things that I've looked for, you know, just that openness. But I think to me, I have to be open to it you know um if i'm not open to taking nuggets from anywhere then am i going to miss something along the way you know but that kind of learning energizes me so for me that's easy Mm -hmm. well i will say um i think that you kind of have some of those qualities about yourself too (laughs) (laughs) including kindness and i wanted to ask you really quickly what kindness means to you because are you ready for it folks Jan is, and if I had a drum roll sound effect, I'd drop that in. She is the kindness champion for Cherokee and Forsyth counties, nationally recognized kindness champion. So first and foremost, like I didn't even know there was a kindness, uh, like I would have been trying to go for this award too here, Jan, but you've blown everyone out of the water. Share with us what the word kindness means to you and share with us a little bit about that experience and what that entails being a champion of kindness for those two counties specifically. So um, I appreciate you making it sound bigger than it is, Amanda, but it is. um, So there's an organization out there called the Kindness Revolution. That's what I'm the kindness champion for. And um, but it was built on the premise um, to start that started with bullying. Okay, and as a as a young person, I was bullied in elementary school. And I, you know, I guess I was easy target. I don't know. I was weird. I wasn't like severely bullied like some people, but um, just, you know, I was the easy target that people made fun of. And, um, like my nickname was Janelle the Schmel cause my given name is Janelle. Oh. Yeah, I, exactly. And I hated my name for the longest time. And now I kicked myself cause I didn't name either of my girls Janelle. And now I wish I did. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, I'm like begging them, please, please, for please. I'd like any one of my five children to name one of their daughters. Janelle could be a middle name, mm-hmm. but, um, this is a message to you guys. <laughs> name her Janelle. So, um, so I just had a passion for that, right? And so then I was approached, um, this person, he's he's no longer with us. He passed to, uh, um, from esophageal cancer. Oh. And he, um, his name is Dave, and approached me and said, hey, you know, I think this could be really good for your business. So I became the kind of champion in 20, 2014. And I said, well, tell me what it does. And he's like, you can do anything you want with it. 
He's like, there's bracelets you can pass out to kids. You can do kind students for kind student awards for kids in school. You can do kindness walks. You can do whatever. So as I have time, I go down, go around to the different schools and see if they want us to do a kind student program and it's free of the school. Mm -hmm. We make up these little certificates and we send them over. Um, just cause I firmly believe that kids can learn to be kind. Not every child can be smart. Not everyone's gifted that way, but I do believe everybody can be kind. And sometimes you just need someone to stop and say kind things. And that for me is what the kindness revolution is about. I love that. We should, we should, uh, kind of fuel that revolution. Um, the kindness revolution. I like it. Jan, just to talk a little bit about another thing that you are an active participant in within our community. And it goes along the same vein of the show here, celebrating powerhouse women. You and I are, uh, par participants in women connect here mm -hmm. in Forsyth. And ever since I've been a part of the chamber of commerce, which is going on two years now, you have been a sponsor of that specific series. Mm -hmm. And I always love seeing your logo up there. Obviously we have similar, um, passions for women in leadership. Why is it so important to you to be affiliated with Women Connect? And what value do you receive out of, A, putting your dollars behind an event like that, or even just participating in, in the programming? So um, I love Women Connect because it's, it's about just connecting. It, it, there's no hidden agenda there, right? So It's in the name. Yeah, it, it's super easy. And, and the one that I sponsor is the wine event. So, you know, we get to have wine anytime we go do a Women Connect. So it's awesome. Um, and, and then they also have an educational series so we can develop, you know, our leadership skills. Women lead differently than men. And, and I, I feel like I can say that with confidence only because I work in a predominantly male leadership business. A lot of agency owners are males. Okay, um, like around 75%. Okay, but most of the employees in that business are women. Mm. So the males lead and the women do the mm -hmm. work behind the scenes. And so for me, I like to support anything that helps a woman know, hey, I can do this. And, and their support out there for me to do this and I can form my own peer group. Now, women, we may need to learn a little differently to maybe do some of that on the golf course, you know, and on <laughs> things like that. But, you know, we're learning to go have wine and do it, which mm -hmm. is great. And so, and, and I say that and why I'm so passionate. I was 27, had the opportunity to open my agency and I didn't take the opportunity because I had a young family and I shouldn't have said no because I had a young family. I worked really hard for corporate. I worked a lot of long hours. I was still doing all the balancing. But for some reason, taking on that role as a young woman at 27, I felt like I couldn't do that. But a lot of males at 27 who had a young family would have jumped right in, and their wife would have been right there supporting them. Right. And my husband would have been right there supporting me. So I, I it was just a defeatist attitude that I had. And, and I don't want to see that. And so that's why I have passion for things like Women Connect. And you'll see me sponsor things like that. I love that. And what a smashing headshot <laughs> that you have there as well. My husband took it. Oh, yes. That's one of his hidden talents. Yeah. He's going to do a new one as my hair turns you know, white. <laughs> we cannot escape father time. I'm blonde. <laughs> Jan, I have enjoyed speaking to you so much, but before we wrap up, I would like just to um, have a little peek inside to what you do recreationally. So you mentioned like 
incorporating exercise into your life if we have time for that these days. I know that you and your husband enjoy getting out on the lake. What are some things that you do not uh, not taking care of your grandbaby? I know that's always <laughs> enjoyable. That's still kind of work a little bit that you just Jan or you and Jay enjoy doing to kind of just clear your mind and, and have some quality time with each other. Amanda is not a good answer. So it's a very selfish answer, I think. Um, you know, we enjoy spending time together. And I got to clarify the exercise. I, I don't exercise right now. I'm trying to get back into it. So she wanted to clarify that. It's been, a, it's been a struggle for me. So I'm like, if my, if my husband listens to it, he'll be like, when the treadmill you bought? Is that what you're talking about? Was that your exercise? No, Mental um, exercise, yeah, Jay. Exactly. So I think for me, it's, you know, just trying to find time to spend time with my friends um, when I can. Um, I think one of our, after a long week, one of our favorite things to do with my husband and I is really we'll go to dinner and then we come home and we watch one of our shows and then we go to bed. So we're very boring people because we, you know, we have a lot of kids and things. So, and we enjoy them and, and we get to enjoy them because we don't have to raise them. They're raised and they're all doing great. So, you know, our, our calendars are filled up you know, between our nonprofit work and then work itself and, you know, and then, you know, going to see our kids, you know, and, and, and I know, you know, I'm not supposed to talk about going to see Gianna, but you know, oh. I'm trying to carve out one day a yes. week to go see her. So that takes a lot of time. Right. But I love the time and I wouldn't change the time. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then after I see her, then sometimes I'm like, Oh, we got to come back down here on Sunday. Yeah. You know, I got to see her. Again. So, um, you know, she's just so cute. But, um, but then we do lake, like we like to paddleboard and, mm -hmm. and canoe and stuff like that. But, or what is it? Is that um, someone that stand up? Do you have yeah, the paddleboard? I've never yeah. done that. I see oh, a lot of it. Do it with us. It it's looks so like fun, but my oh. balance is pretty poor. Oh, yeah, it'll be easy. Okay, so, so it's not totally like skateboarding. To no, okay, not even close. <laughs> That's what it's I imagine. If I can do it, you can do it. Okay, and I'm a little more top heavy than you, so I you can totally you can I'll, totally. I'll do stand it. on the back of yours. Yeah. No, that <laughs> for sure will fall in the lake. Fall over. Yeah, that's not gonna work. But we have fun doing that. What you mentioned, nice relaxing life is is not. That at all. Sometimes it's the most simple things. That yeah. cherished moment if you get to watch that one Netflix show because you don't get to all week long. Or two. Yeah. Or ben, binge worthy. Drink a bottle or of wine. Four. Put your feet up. Or eight. No, I forget I about the laundry in the dryer. He refuses to binge watch with me. <laughs> really? Not even two? Like back well, to back? He, he'll do two now. Okay. But it took him a long time. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the series is like got eight seasons. Yeah. We're never going to get through, get through it. it. <laughs> so. I like to wait. Like I'd prefer for a series to come out all the way. There's nothing worse than like, you know, the Game of Thrones or whatever that was yeah. that came out every Sunday. I didn't watch them on yeah. Sundays. I let them accumulate so I could binge watch them. Yeah. Because I have no desire to wait a week for the next yeah. episode. It's like, oh, what if I don't have time? <laughs> right. So. So, um, but that's that kind of like, I would say our guilty pleasure. He'll probably be like, I can't believe you told people you watch TV on TV. Uh, it's okay. Uh, on the podcast. But hey, you're a human being. You know, we do. And I, you know, most people watch TV, so it's not like we don't. But Absolutely. Like, that's literally our favorite thing to do. We are trying to find like a real hobby, but we just haven't quite found it yet. So we'll see. Maybe, yes, maybe one day I'll come back and I'll be like, oh, we're we, playing tennis we now. Yeah. We tried playing tennis, but he's. He's a lot better than I am, so that didn't work too well. That's why you have to be on the same team, yeah. not op opposi uh, opposition, because yeah. someone's going to leave mad. Yeah, but then we, we tried to practice, and that just didn't work well. And then we tried to bike, but then that didn't work well, because I guess it hurt him. Mm. The seat thing. Where oh, we, yeah. We, couldn't, we didn't do it long enough, probably, to figure out the seat. We should and get then, a tandem bicycle. Yeah. That's the bicycle oh, we, built for two. Oh, we could try that. And then we tried um, gardening, but 
I killed everything, so that didn't work. Dang so it. So we're just finding our pieces, like going to dinner and watching, mm-hmm. coming back and watching a show. We do we do get to travel a little more mm-hmm. now, so that's kind of fun, too. So, you know. But we've raised kids this whole time, so now we're, I guess we're just in the phase where we're trying to figure it out. What the next step is. Well, that was going to be my uh, one of my last questions to you. Where does Jan Rooney see herself and her agency in the next three, five, and ten years? Oh God, Amanda! Obviously, that three. Have been a You're still going to be here. Over to me. <laughs> Five. Do you? So, I guess really where I'm going with that is we talked about succession in relation mm-hmm. to the chamber. Do you foresee yourself still? I'll probably owning, but maybe in a less um, demanding role. Ten years from now, do you still want your agency to be yeah. in existence? Do so you want to we'll, grow it and sell it? Well, we'll definitely have our agency in um, in ten years, and my goal will be to be you know truly part time. Um, at that point, you know, really spending time. Hopefully I'll have more than one grandkid at that point. Mm -hmm. If your children are listening to me. Um, and then, you know, really taking some time to travel and see, you know, I have all those siblings too, Mm -hmm. so they all don't, none of them live in Georgia, so we got to go see them. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to do a little bit more of that stuff, you know, so probably just, you know, probably the life that everybody has now in their their fifties and sixties is you know, you kind of go see your friends now and you kind of, you know, everybody seems to remodel their house a little. Sure, we'll be no different. And, um, you know, we just kind of enjoy our friends and just have that nice fellowship life. Yeah, I don't know. that's the agency will be there and it'll be thriving. I, I have no doubt about no that. Doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a great team. They're amazing. And, you know, we've been talking about succession planning mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I think they're ready for it and, and primed for it. And, you know, if they keep growing, they're going to be like, we're ready now. And I'm like, oh, hold on. <laughs> hold on. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. So. Well, speaking about success, for those of you listening out there who would like to maybe just learn a little bit more about Jan Rooney's um, agency, you can visit www.janrooney.com. And that's J-A-N-R-O-O-N-E-Y.com. And also, if you'd like to connect with Jan directly, simply give her a, a email at jan at janrooney.com. Um, Jan, this is the question that I like to ask all the guests before we say sayonara. And my question to you is, what are some words of wisdom or a parting thought that you would like to leave our audience? Oh, gosh. Um, I would say, you know, for me, I think it's just, no, you can do it. Whatever it is you're trying to do or trying to accomplish, no, you can do it. Put in the work, you know, might take a couple late nights, but do the work and just do it. And, and, and you'll get to the side and the place you want to be. Roll up your sleeves and don't be scared of that hard work. You heard it from Jan Rooney, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you know that you can catch this show every Friday live at 1130 a.m. on businessradiox.com by selecting the Gwinnett Studio. Also available wherever you find your um, podcasts. I listen on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'd like to connect with you on LinkedIn as well. Amanda Pierch Marmalejo, M-A-R-M-O-L-E-J-O. I know that's a mouthful. And the words of wisdom that I would like to leave our audience, Jan, are those of the greatest president that I've ever, I've ever experienced, and that would be Mr. Ronald Reagan. Oh, yeah. And you can tell a lot about a fellow's character by the way he eats his jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> Let's unpack that. For our guest today, Jan Rooney, I've been your host, Amanda Pierch, Marmalejo, and this is Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X. Music.